0: have such an honor and privilege to announce um, a man who's been in my life la- the last few years um, God just kind of placed him there and he's been such an amazing blessing in my life and my children's life and I've watched him these last few years touching so many people and I've seen his true heart and his heart is for the kingdom his heart is for the bride and so tonight I if you would help me welcome
1: my beautiful, amazing husband, <laughs> Lonnie Ellis.
0: <laughs> thank you, man. So
2: wow, thank you. Good, even, good evening.
0: That's cool. That's first time, huh? Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. How's everybody doing tonight? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know you're here already. But let us be more aware of your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Increase your presence. Papa, release your angelic host in this place tonight. (laughs) Have your way with me. Have your way with everybody in the congregation. Do what you want. If you want to just shut me up, shut me up. (laughs) Whatever you want to do, let's do. (laughs) But let us not leave here the same. Let us leave here transformed. For your kingdom, for your goodness, for the lost world out there that needs your love. In Jesus' name, amen. It's funny because Todd, he's singing a lot of songs about fire tonight. And part of our message is going to be about fire. And I truly believe at the end of this message it would be about fire, and partition of fire. And uh, I'm a fast talker, but I really want to try to talk slow tonight. And, And let me start with this. and crack the sound up. (laughs) <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Let me explain that. I truly believe there's a spiritual train we're going on tonight. Yeah. I want you to pack your bags. Yeah. I want you to pack your problems, mm-hmm. pack your prayer requests, pack your needs, pack your expectations, and join me down this train. I believe Papa's going to take us somewhere in the realms of the Spirit. Whoa. I believe there's something going to happen tonight so powerful. See, I'm in a trans- major transition right now in the last several weeks. It's like the Lord has put me through a knothole. I cannot fully explain with words yet what he's doing, but I believe he's giving me a peace, peace to the corporate body of Christ. Though I'm sure there's a blazing fire tonight, I'm sure there's gonna be a corporate word to the whole body of Christ through other people speaking. Am I moving around too much, Jim? So what I wanna start on this training journey, the first stop we're gonna make is called walking out your life with a spirit of excellence. Walking out your life with a spirit of excellence. And Jesus is the most excellent one. And his spirit dwells in us. Now listen to me. I am not talking about perfection. Because we have the perfect one. This is not about works. It's about a mindset change. So what we wanna do tonight, we we'll to go from being a victim and talk about becoming victorious. We wanna go from, from pitiful to learn how to be powerful, yes. and to do this, there's some things we need to do on this train. There's some things we need to consider. One is we need to think different. We need to think different. We need to renew our minds and think like Jesus thinks. We says the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Also, we need to begin to start chasing what matters. We need to chase what matters. I'm not talking about striving or works, but I'm talking about partnering with God with the things he wants to do in your life. Yeah. It's funny that Chase What Matters is their logo. Matter of fact, that's with my bank that I bank at, and I do have a Chase freedom card. What I mean by chasing freedom, I mean pursue what God has already done on the cross. He has given us freedom. Well, the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. And where is the spirit of the Lord at? Hello. So we need to be about what Papa's doing. And when we figure this out, let's just do it. Why do I use these ads? Because Papa is prophesying in the world. He is prophesying the land through many structures we use on an everyday basis. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear in our spirits, we can see Papa is speaking a language through the secular arena, getting people's attention that have eyes to see and ears to hear. He's preparing the world for something great. He's preparing the body believer for something they haven't seen yet. It is my heart in this message tonight gives us hope to fully embrace what Jesus did on the cross for us. In faith that it is true and ours to live from always and that we understand through his act of love, we have been set free from our past and we begin to soar in our freedom and destinies. That is my desire for tonight in this message, that we grab a hold of these things three, three things here. I'm in a book right now. When God starts down this message, he always brings me the information to back it up and take it further. And I'm reading this book, The Power of Your, of Your Message, the decision that make us defined is by David Crone, who's a senior leader at the Mission Church, where Dan McCullough is and, and uh, Graham Cook. Matter of fact, my friend Sheila is letting me borrow this. I told her she might not get it back. But then I saw he signed it so she'll get it back, so I told her i to get my copy. It might be a little worn out. So I'm going to refer to this book a lot tonight because there's something in this book that is so radically changing my existence as I read it. There's times I read things, and they're good, and I embrace them. There's times I read things and they transform me from inside out. For me, this book is transforming me page by page by page. It's like, like I said earlier, it's like the Lord's pulling me through a knothole right now. And I'm telling you right now, it's quite painful. It's a quite painful process that I'm in right now. Remember those saying in the gym, no pain, no gain? But the reason I'm surviving is because I know the Lord is in it. It's for the good of my life and my destiny, what he's called me to. So I say, Lord, pull me through. Pull me through. So this is what David says in page 53. The most important things you think about is God and you. What you think about God and what you think about yourself creates the lens through which you see life and molds the message that life flows out of your life. A lot of times we believe that, man, what do they think about me? What was that person thinking about me? Really, probably nothing. Honestly, I've been in sales over 17 years when I was back in the regular work market before I became a full-time minister, a paid full-time minister, I should say. And one thing I know about sales, we learn that people care about what? Themselves. That's their favorite topic. They love to hear their name. That's the way we're just wired as people. So how do you view yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you hate yourself? Do you promote yourself? You know, I used to struggle, they hear me say this in class a lot lately. Years ago, I used to struggle with my birthday, and I have friends that struggle with their birthday. That time of year, a lot of people get depressed and upset because they're not living the life they want to live yet. Maybe they're not married yet. Maybe they don't have the career they want yet. But they can't get to the school they want to get to, but they hate their birthday for some reason. And God told me one day, many years ago, he says, son, do you hate the day I gave you birth to this world to be a blessing? Are you calling what I call good a curse? This is the day I took my son and released him on the earth to be a blessing. You're calling it a bad thing. Son, I gave you that day out of my heart celebrate it with me enjoy it with me and that changed my outlook when we don't celebrate ourselves and the goodness of god in us honestly i believe it blocks many blessings he wants to give us so celebrate your birthdays enjoy your birthdays with you and god because that's the day he planned to release you in this earth to be a blessing i never look at my birthday the same again it's my personal day with papa that i'm a blessing to this earth by his own love. What do you think about God? Is he your papa? Do you know he loves you? Of all the stuff I'm going to share tonight, there's only one truth I can give you. One 100% fact that I can back up and nobody can argue. Never what you believe tonight and what you don't believe is okay. But this truth you can't deny. God loves you with an everlasting love. Let me say it again. God loves you with an everlasting love. Selah. We could meditate on that the rest of our lives and be radically transformed. Oh, we say it all the time. We say God loves me. Oh, God loves me. But do you know to your DNA core that God truly loves you? Check the fruit of your tree. Do you love yourself or do you hate yourself? Are you for you or against you? God loves you with an everlasting love, no matter what you do or don't do for him. You can't argue with it. We have to find a way to accept it. And that right there, those that sentence is transforming. See, I am daddy's favorite. Nobody can tell me I'm not. Because he has told me over and over and over. You know when I was the closest, I felt God the closest in my life? When I was in the biggest mess. And I would say, Papa, you can't beat me through right now. I'm dirty. I'm filthy. You know, he says, Son, this is when you need me the most. This is when you need my love the most. See, your friends will bail on you, your parents may throw you out the house. Your job may fire you, but God will continue to love you and love you and love you and love you you into the goodness of his heart and into freedom out of bondage. Do you know that you're loved by God? Look at the words coming out of your mouth about yourself. Do you know your papa's favorite? Luke 4.13, in the New King James Version. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, him until an opportune time. What I'm about to share with you is just my own personal opinion. It's not theology. It's not doctrine. It's just something in my heart, I believe. This is when Jesus was baptized, and the God, said from, you know, God said from heaven, this is my son who I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And Satan tempted him and then he couldn't and in the, in the, in the, uh, Luke had said this I believe as children of God we are that opportune time that's coming back after he's come back after see you couldn't get Jesus right but now Jesus' spirit dwells in us and what's the Satan trying to do to you keep you from your true identity to lie in your ear to tell you, you're not good. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't amount to nothing. You're too fat. You're too tall. You're too poor. You're too ugly. You're too thin. You're too conceited. You're too this. You're too that. I believe we're the opportune time he's come back for to destroy. He has always, always, always tried to defeat the children of God. Let's go back to Moses. What did Satan do? They killed all the kids, didn't they? When Jesus was born, what did they do? Kill all the kids. Not talking politics, but what is abortion? Kill all the kids. The children of God is that opportune time that Satan has come back for, to destroy. And you know what? As I travel and speak in different places, when I have the opportunity, it's working. It's working. The Christian dome across the board, people are being destroyed by the works of the enemy. Because they don't know their love by a heavenly God that desires them. They don't know their identity. They don't know the power that dwells within. And we're about to get set free. We're about to get set free from that lie. It is quiet in here. (laughs) One way is we have to stay focused on Jesus. Look in the eyes of the one that loves you. We have to look in the eyes of Jesus no matter what's going on. Fire over here. Rainbow over there, stay focused on Jesus. we got to stay focused on Jesus. Some will, some won't, so what? Some people like you, some people won't like you, so what? Jesus loves you. Amen. we got to stay focused on Jesus and what he's saying. we got to be about the business of Jesus in our lives. Because this world is fickle. Yeah. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers... And sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And to me, that represents keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Holy Spirit. Keep your eyes on Papa. Back in the world, I'll make, make this a clean version. We say this in the world. Free your mind and your butt will follow. Free your mind and your butt will follow. Let's put that in Christian words. That's the clean version. I want to save 10 years, okay? So God's still working on me. Okay, renew your mind. Renew your mind and walk out your true destiny. Renew your mind and walk out your true destiny. Right there, we stay there for the next 10 years. Just eat on that for a season or two. Renew your mind. What does renew your mind mean? Step into the mind of Christ. Instead of seeing from earth to heaven, start seeing from heaven to earth. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We have dual citizenship. We have citizenship here where we live and citizenship in heaven. Now, I don't know how it all works, but we can be in two places at one time. We need to figure out how we can access heaven and start seeing from his perspective on earth in all of our life transaction activities. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. This is one of my one of my three life scriptures the Lord gave me several years ago, I believe he has anointed me with the scripture to be part of my DNA, to release wherever I go over people's lives. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me and you. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound; to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And I believe the people that get set free will begin to rebuild the kingdom of God here on earth, begin to take back what the enemy has stolen from God's people. As we free them from their prison cells, and they step in the truth and identity of who they are in Christ, we will see a world change like never before. It's changing right now. Now, the people say, well, line is Old Testament. Well, God's in all of it. But I'll give you some New Testament then. Actually I took it out already, I took it out. So let's go over to uh, Philippians 4.8, I'm sorry. Going backwards. There we go. There it is there, okay. As he had the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written Again, New Testament. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed. Now, how many of you ever experienced you meet a first person for the first time and they just dump their luggage all over you? They unpack their bags. You don't even know these people. And they just share their whole life story. You know why that is? Because the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Right. They're stepping into the kingdom of heaven around in you and through you and they're, exp- and they're expressing themselves in their pain before you and you have the key to set them free. Yeah. It's right. Because anointing on your life of heaven, they'll step into a heavenly encounter because you're having an encounter with God all the time 24-7 because he lives in you and around you. You have now got permission to speak destiny in their lives. We have to see with the eyes of Jesus now. Before, it used to be, oh, man, why are they me all this stupid stuff? They're bringing me down. (laughs) Man, they're depressing people to be around. I want to meet them again. No. It's your anointing that's bringing the pain and the ooze out of their soul so you can bring restoration and healing in their lives. See, remember why you were born? To be a blessing to this land, to be a blessing to this earth, to be a blessing to this people in the land. You're here for a purpose, to be a blessing, to bless as you go. A lot of times I send my emails with this in the end. A lot of times my ministry emails go at the end I say be a blessed, be blessed and be blessed. Be blessed and be a blessing. Because we are blessed. He blesses in Genesis. If you read the Bible, One of the hardest things we will ever do is let God be the God of our lives. Many people say it, but how many do it? You know, we can quote scripture, we can remember scripture and addresses, but do they become who we are? Do they possess us? We say, God, have my life, do what you want. Except for this side and the other. Oh, God, here's my prayer request, but let it turn out like this. Oh God, do what you want. I'm going to the nations and burn for you. Except for, I'm going to do this first. Come on. Brand new Christian in the shower. I have shower time all the time with God, crying, crying, crying. call it my Safeway list. God, fix this, fix that. That's broken. I messed this up, messed that up. God, God, every morning I come in the shower crying, in the shower, literally crying, bawling about how messed up my life is as a baby Christian. And one day, God says, son, shut up. <laughs> Every morning, you come in the shower with your wish list. I'm not a genie in the bottle. I'm God. Now I'm in the shower. Uh, 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 have an encounter. He says, you never once asked me what I want. You never once asked me what you could do for me. You never once asked me how you can bless my heart. Pray that way for a season and see what I do. And I changed my prayers and I changed my eyesight. And guess what? All those things that were happening start fading to the wayside when I focused on him, my God. He chastises the one he loves. I'm sorry, but the church is scared of that. They're scared of discipline. They're scared of being called discipline and chastising. Oh, no, we're in the, yes, we're in grace, and the Father loves us. But every time I've been chastised by God, he took me to a higher place. He lift, picked me up and lifted me to a higher place. He didn't put me down. He took me higher. Come on. We need his chastisement. We need his discipline. Oh, I invite it in my life. Lord, search me out. Search me. Show the ways of my heart. Do you get me to that for me, Jim? Give me that back one for me. Thank you, perfect. Look, Psalms 139, 23. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Lord, search my heart. Show me where I'm not measured with what you called me to be then help me get past it and through it and rise above it to be the son that I'm called to be. To be the prince that I am, that you see me as. His discipline is love. See, as our parents, when they discipline us, they broke our spirits a lot. They put us down. Shut your mouth. Shut up. Get in that corner. You so-and-so, you dummy. That's not what God does. He says, Son, daughter, that is not who you are. That's who you are. Not that mess. You're here with me. What are you doing down there? You forgot who you are. Get up here where you belong. You're royalty. Come up here. You're a royal. You're a royal child. All I want you down there is picking somebody up to where we're at. That's his discipline. That's his chastisement. It's calls to our royal place in the kingdom of God here on earth. So God, discipline me. Chastise me. Take me higher. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I want to be what you've called me to be. I don't want to be what I thought I should be, because I tried that, and guess what? It dang near killed me. I tried the money thing. I tried the drug thing. I tried the chasing women thing. I tried the, all of it, and it almost put me in my grave. At 38 years old, he had to intervene and catch me before I killed myself. And everybody thought I was living successfully on the outside. I wasn't even saved and he came and got me because he loved me so much. Let's define the spirit of excellence what it might look like. In this book called, I'm reading again, The Power of Your Life Message, David Cronin has a saying called, non-inferior secutus." sacudis, if I'm saying it right, not having followed inferior things. And I'm gonna read a couple of pages from it because it's really well written. I'm gonna do the old man thing real quick. Excuse me. There we go. (laughs) NIS initials for the Latin phrase "non inferior secutis." If I'm saying it right, have become our family motto and our individual life quest. When I shared NIS with my family, we all agreed that this motto puts into words the way we desire to live our lives and what we want to leave as a legacy. NIS is not was a casual slogan or acute expression it is a commitment to a journey into all that is superior that which exceeds the norm and requires exceptional faith and character it is our way of saying we are seeking first the kingdom of god we are reaching for the goal of fulfilling the call of god in our lives and we are not turning back spirit of excellence over the past several years we have kept this message in front of our eyes to constantly remind us of the call and the commitment to, our, to hold us ourselves and each other accountable to the truth expressed in this insignia. We do this in a number of creative ways. My sons and I wear a ring bearing the NIS crest, and my daughters and Deborah have bracelets and necklaces that also carry the NIS insignia. Family business have it in their business name. We put it in our car license plates. We use it in our email address. A plaque hangs in each of our homes that includes the verse from Philippians 3, and it reads, the wearers of these rings covenant together to never walk in inferior paths, choose inferior goals, or settle for inferior character. Each will aspire with the help of God and each other to reach for the greatest good in all things pertaining to faith and life. Wow. Let's look at it again. Kind of change the beginning of it. So we, covenant, so we covenant together never to walk into inferior paths, choose inferior goals, or settle for inferior character. Each will aspire with the help of God and each other To reach for the greater good in all things pertaining to the faith in life. Come on. Come on. When I read that, I was like, bam, right between the eyes. My God, that is the spirit of excellence. I want to live my life like that. I don't want to settle for that. I want to walk that way. I don't want sloppy agape. I don't want sloppy grace. I want to measure up to that. When the world sees me, they're seeing my lover Jesus. They're seeing my God. They're seeing my Holy Spirit, my coaching partner, my friend. And I want to represent him with sloppiness, but holiness, not perfection, but be the best I allow God to make me be. And that speaks to me. So I'd like us to do is just stand for a second. If you agree with this, say it together. And if you don't, It's way okay. This is what I'm doing. So, one, three. One, two, three. We covenant together. Amen. Now let's deal with passion this time like we really mean it for our lives, okay? I mean, I mean put your spirit into it. I know I'm being aggressive tonight. I apologize, but I don't apologize. The mouth says, the Bible says, out of, mouth, out of our mouth we seek blessings and curses. This is a blessing. And we need to put our spirit man into it. So, so speak it to the heavenly realm, speak it to the earthly realm, this creed that your spirit will just embrace. So one, three, one, two, three. three. One, we covenant
1: together, Come on.
0: never to walk in inferior paths, choose inferior roles, or settle for an inferior character. Each will aspire with the help of God and each other to reach for the greater good of all things pertaining to faith and life. Amen. Come on. Yes. Go ahead and have a seat. Let me tell you what just happened. Papa heard that. What you just did is invite Holy Spirit to come in. We're not measuring that and let us know for correction. To call us back to that. So we can get that little nudge. Let me show you what a nudge can look like. I'm walking through our townhouse complex the other day. Now we have amazing landscaping company that comes out every Tuesday morning. And they do a beautiful job, don't they babe? So I'm walking through one Monday and there's some trash down there on the ground. I'm like, Ooh, look at this. they get to pick that up tomorrow. And God says, "You live for it, You pick it up." Yeah. I'm like, "What?" No, you go pick it up. But we have, a son. N.I.S. Picked it up. Took it aside. Threw it away. I'm in Walmart. Men are sloppy. I don't know about women's bathrooms, but men are sloppy. Okay. <laughs> There's paper towels all on the floor, in the Walmart. Now they have employees. They have janitors. The Lord says, hey, go put those in the garbage can, garbage can wipe it down the counter. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> go pick up all the trash, put it in the garbage can, and wipe down the water off the counter for the next person that comes in. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, see, it wasn't about the dirty trash. It wasn't about the counter. Well I'll be obedient. Well let him be the God of my life. Or do I want him to be the God I want him to be? Yeah. Is he God or my God? Yeah. Good
1: word.
0: Am I willing to let him be the God of my life? Could he be able to test you on it and grow you on it? He will tell you some crazy stuff that you don't think you would ever do. But you'll do it if you let him be the God of your life. We say it all the time. But do we mean it? Do you mean it? Let's go a little further. Philippians 3, 10, 14, the message. <clears throat> I gave all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally and experience his resurrection power, be a part in his suffering, and go all the way with him to the death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I'm not saying that I'll have it all figured out They're all together or that I haven't made. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself as an expert in all of this. And I don't, guys. I don't. But I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm done being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm done going on that mountain one more time. I'm done saying, when is it my day, God? He said, your day happened on the cross over 2,000 years ago. Chris Dalton says, of Bethel Church, excellence is a result of caring more than others think is wise, risking more than others think is safe, dreaming more than others think is practical, expecting more than others think is possible. Do we think this way on a normal basis? This is the way we ought to think. This is the way we are to think. This is the way we need to be thinking. If you're not thinking this way, I'll tell you how you are thinking. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm terrible. I'm dumb. I'm ugly. That's from the pit of hell. You are beautiful. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're creative. You're the smartest people on the planet. You're the most creative people on the planet. Because who lives in you? Excellence. Excellence is a result of caring more than others think is wise. Risking more than others think is safe. Dreaming more than others think is practical. Expecting more than others think is possible. And one of our second year students, Karen Smith, she gave me this in class the other day. And it just hit me in the, it just hit me right there. We are called to be innovators. Innovator means someone who begins or introduces something new for, for or as is the first time to begin to introduce something new of the verb, to bring something new. She also said, we are called to be reformers. Reformers means to improve by alteration, correction of error, or removal of defects, put into a better form of condition. To cause a person to give up a harmful, or persuade to adopt a better way of life, to change for the better and improvement. This is scripture I get from that for me. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are a new creature. We are a new creation. The world hasn't seen us before. When Christ died, crucified, died, and resurrected, and his spirits came in us on the book of Acts, as a, a new creation a new creature stepped into the world for the first time. 100% man, 100% full of God. In the Old Testament, God came on a person. In the New Testament, God comes in a person and cohabitates. That is a new creation. There's people looking for a miracle. And guess who the miracle answer is? You. There's people looking for a breakthrough. Guess who the breakthrough answer is? Is you. Maybe it's in your company. Maybe it's in your school. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's in another nation. But you are a new creation, a new creature, something God has never made before Jesus was uh, crucified, buried, and resurrected, and the spirit came in us. A new thing, entity, was born called us. That's one of those things to spend the rest of our lives on too to get. Because we knew that at any level. We would step into a room and the atmosphere would shift. Because what we release. See, Jesus said three words on the cross. It is finished. He gave us everything we needed that day to be who we're called to be in this earth. But something in here has not been renewed yet to receive and step out into what we're supposed to release. So, walking out your life with the spirit of excellence means letting go of some things, mm-hmm. letting go of anger, letting go of unforgiveness, letting go of being offended. Letting go of hatred. Letting go of self-hatred. Recently, the last month or so, the Lord's been telling me, let go of my son, who's been with him for two, months in, two years in heaven. At 17, he would be with the Lord in heaven. The Lord's been saying for the last month or so, let go of your son. And again, I'm like, excuse me? The memories, the things we had, the, all the stuff we did, he says, no, 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 no. Let go of expecting him to walk back to that door again and be at peace that he's with me, cheering you on. Be at peace with that and let go of the pain of him not walking in that door again. He's with me. We all need to let go of something. Nancy, can I share that testimony about that prayer we did? Do we have the results yet? Nancy Marco, friend of mine, second year student also, been trying to get me with a friend of hers whose daughter has cancer. So the other day after school, she called me that night and said, can you come to to Lisa's house? I said, yeah, I'm right down the road, two miles away, 12 miles away, I'll go. Well, the girl's 16, my son was 16. The girl has cancer. She has, my son had cancer. My son was named Lonnie. I'm named Lonnie. Guess what the girl's name was? Lonnie. I went, hmm, interesting. So they invite a neighbor friend over, comes over to her granddaughter, because the grandbaby's name was Lonnie. Her real name was Leyline, but they called her Lonnie for short. Interesting. So when I get there, Lisa says, hey, Lonnie, there's some girl here that knows you. I'm like, who? Because I don't know none of these people. Kelly walks up. I haven't seen Kelly. I mean, I bumped into her once or twice in the last year, but I haven't really seen Kelly in a couple of years, as far as she used to go to on Fireback when Church on the Hill or so, wherever that was. Because her daughter, Alyssa, he used to play with my son at church, Lonnie Jr. Well, Alyssa is friends with this girl, Lonnie. Are you tracking with me? Now, now get this. When Alyssa found out that Lonnie, the girl, had cancer, she says, Mom, I'm going to Lonnie's house because she knows our next door neighbors and tell them to come pray for Lonnie. But she never did. Well, guess what? Nancy doesn't know Kelly or Alyssa. God wanted me there. Come on we got to have the eyes of Jesus in this stuff. I'm telling you. This is what's going on. Now, my prayer, and I want to pray for Lonnie right now, that she is totally healed in the name of Jesus, that all cancer is gone. God, that is your daughter. And we call her body a cancer-free zone. Father, I know my own son is interceding from heaven for her right now in the name of Jesus. And we used to agree with a great kind of witnesses that your work is sufficient and good enough for her healing. We claim it in Jesus' name. Come on. on. When that thing happened, that thing came together. Now, I wish it didn't happen that way. I wish the young girl didn't have cancer, trust me. But I thought, eyes of Jesus, it spoke blessings to my heart that he would use me to come pray or let me come pray for his amazing daughter. And and I don't have no... I can't back this up with scripture I'm going to, I'm going to let you decide my personal business <clears throat> you don't have to believe this at all that's the first time I really felt my son was praying with me from heaven I can't explain it I can't tell you the peace that was over me the joy of the Lord that was in the place huh Nancy I know my son was praying from heaven I was like dang that's what you're talking about letting go because we're still parting together He's one of the great cloud of witnesses. And I have to let that thing go here, so I can connect it there. I, I I don't have a theological grid for it. I'm sorry, but those in Christ are alive they're not dead, people. They're alive in Christ. So hello, they're in, with. I'm just saying. So what do you need to let go of? What's hope? What is what is in the enemy using to hold you back from walking with the most excellent one in His Spirit? Now, listen, I'm gonna say this: if you're in an abusive relationship, get out to someplace safe. I'm not saying get a divorce. That's not. I am not preaching get a divorce. I'm saying get to a safe place and get the help, the spiritual, real, not a bunch of people telling you what to do with your life. Seek God for help and strategy. What you're supposed to do to make it a safe place for your life. Guess what I'm saying? Okay. But some of us have carried years of stuff with us, and God said, "It's time to let Him burn it up. It's time let the fire of God come on it and set us free, because it doesn't exist no more. It's the memory that Satan is using." to bring torment in our lives. He's saying no more. No more. So whether it's a sozo or a prayer or whatever it is you need, go for it and obtain that freedom that you've already been given in Christ. And see, I know I'm be a little hard tonight or a little aggressive. That's good. But I tell you, I'm seeing too many people bound up Cancer, to my point of view, is everywhere now. It's a common word. Mental illness is a common word. It's been accepted. I'm not, listen, I'm not putting nobody down that's dealing with stuff. I'm not saying that. But somewhere we have to step up and say, you know what? We got the answer to this spiritually. We need to do something about it. And I'm tired of seeing Christians get beat up by the enemy and taken out. And that's why I'm so passionate about this thing. This is not just a Sunday sermon where we get tickled up and go home and have a nice meal, you know, Saturday night. This, this God wants to change radically, change our lives. Turning Babylon into Bethel, the strongest principle of growth lies in human choice. Assuming not no, but David, David, Debbie Crohn's, i want to say she was thirty-six or thirty. I remember she's in her early thirties. Daughter passed away. I think two, three before my son did. And they've had to walk this out too. And I want to read from this book, "How to Turn in Babylon into Bethel." It is quiet in here. As I stated in previous chapter, everyone will experience a Babylon. Okay, let's get this straight right now, okay? The Bible says there will be trials and tribulations. And what else does it say after that? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. But it will come. Well, maybe not your life, but it came in my life. And I found, you know what I found out, too? After my son passed away, well, that's the biggest test of all. I'm done. I'm test free.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just getting started.
0: <laughs> you got to, come on, you got to laugh at it. The way we think sometimes. <laughs> okay, God, I'm done. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. As I stated in the previous chapter, everyone will experience the Babylon. Once we are there, we wonder, how did we get there? Sometimes it is a result of our own poor decisions. Oh. Oh. Those decisions lead us to a place where we are confronted by circumstances, trying to strip our life message from us. But, but it is not always bad choices or wrong actions to get us to Babylon. There are times when it's simply The result of being human and living in an imperfect world. You're going to get poo-poo on you because poo-poo happens in this world. Can I say poo-poo? Or should I say big potties? Listen, if you get anything tonight, if God can use me, you're going to the stars, baby. The cause is not as important as the choices and reactions we make when we are living in Babylon. We'll be going through a Babylon experience, but our heart, our dreams, and our life message need not be held in captivity. In Psalms 137, the Jewish people chose to react negatively to their circumstances in Babylon, the place of their captivity. those Those reactions and choices flowed out of their hearts, the seat of all the issues of life. They chose to believe in the power of their present circumstances rather than the promises and character of God. They chose to declare their condition rather than their identity. They chose to remember what was lost rather than their God-given destiny. They chose to delight in their lost glory rather than the the God of glory. And I'm going to say this, not bragging on myself, but I'm going to say this. And my wife's this. When my son passed away, I was distraught. But the words that came out of my mouth were, but God, you're good. God, you're good. And it wasn't just words. It's what I know. Yes. It's what I know. God, you're good. I know this has happened, but you're good. I'm going to go through my suffering. I'm going to go through my pain. I'm going to go through my mourning. I'm going to go through what I go through. But you're going to be right there with me. You're not going to leave me nor forsake me. And what Satan me meant for evil, you're going to use for good. So people, it's okay to mourn. It's okay to cry over loss. It's okay to experience your emotions in it. Because God is right there with you. Jesus wept. That's where I stole that from. Thank you. But let God come in and bring us what we need in those times. Do I have days when I cry? Sure I have days when I cry still. And I have days when I laugh about, now about it but laugh because of great memories. These choices made their physical captivity into a spiritual captivity and a captivity of the heart. Confusion and disappointment became their dwelling place. I didn't ha- it didn't have to happen. There were other ways to confront their circumstances. What we choose to believe determines the state of our mind and the growth in our spirits. i me say that again. What we choose to believe determines the state of our mind and the growth of our spirits. What we declare, remember, and delight in can set our heart free to explore, discover, dream, and grow even in the most difficult of circumstances. I'm going to say that again because I love it. I eat on this stuff. I'm sorry. What we choose to believe determines the state of our mind and the growth of our spirits. What we declare, remember, and delight in can set our heart free to explore, discover, dream, and grow even in the most difficult of circumstances. Our testimony expressed in Babylon will have a great influence on this generation. What should be the nature of that testimony? It is the voice of the redeemed, the language of the spirit, and the songs of those who know their God. We owe it to our families and the world we live in to keep our hearts out of Babylon. Just because we're living in Babylon, we don't have to let Babylon live in us. Amen and hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, this stuff is just hitting me like you wouldn't believe. People, this is me. This is what it's about. God is telling, Listen. I'm going get before my, my message, but listen, something's coming. Okay, my spirit's ready to blow up the last two years. And he's getting people ready for it. He said, begin to position yourself, your mind, body, soul, and spirit, to hear what I'm doing and coming. Because, see, they missed it once. But he has a plan for that, too. Certain people miss revivals, but he's one to he say, position yourself. Let me come. I'm gonna, At least I'm going to getting ahead of myself. Let me back up a little bit. A glimpse of Jesus, Julia Lauren out of Bethel. This book is another book. These two books I've been reading. I'm finished this one. I'm almost done with this one. Another book that's at the same time transforming my life. But I'm just going to read a very a one page, two pages from it. A glimpse of Jesus. Life is hard at times, and we all grow weary. But God is always good and always provides. He provides beyond wealth. And he invites you to come closer still into an encounter with him that will steady your faith and revive your love. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Hmm, in that tired place, you can learn from Jesus. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for my, your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 thirty. And we've all heard the scripture a thousand times or more. But has it possessed us? Does it own us? Or does one of those things to check off our box? Oh, yeah, I know that scripture. No, no, no. We need to become the scripture. When Jesus said this, he had just finished talking about three cities he had visited. In Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. He went about healing the sick, raising the dead, Casting out demons and setting the people free from their burdens. The residents in those places romped in the light of his presence and received his gifts then turned and walked back into their old routines, their old thoughts and behaviors, back into their bondages. They failed to follow him, but once again Jesus offered them more of himself and cried out come to me and I will give you rest. We are still on the side of the eternity we who are still on the side of eternity are sometimes no different than they, they are. And yet he keeps calling us two. He is gentle and humble of heart. His desire is for you to enter to rest, peace and joy. His desire is for you to lay down your burdens and become connected to him, yoked together, until you're walking in step with him, joined at the hip, so to speak. Jesus offers a choice. You come under the yoke of slavery, where you are oppressed by the enemy's tormenting thoughts and religious demands, or by the fears and despair that settle enduring personal and economic troubles, or you can come and be God's beloved son or daughter, Release living within the presence of his love. His longing is for you to lay down your burden, the fault that your, con- your, conse- your consequences use to oppress your soul or the circumstances of your life as a fallen world that oppresses you. And under his burden, his authority, a light place to be, he does not call you to walk alone under a heavy weight of depression or crushing anxiety, under the oppression of the enemy, the burden of Jesus offers one of coming under the authority of His gentle love. Come on. That's what Jesus wants for us in the storm. Like I said, something big is coming. For two years now, something has been in my spirit and I can't quite wrap my mind or put words around it yet but it's coming and I think I got a glimpse into one piece of it recently my wife and I went to the community of grace our friend down there Pastor Roddy Hogue he had this guy named uh, Jim Paul I met Jim Paul four and a half years ago barely remembered him I knew he was peculiar but amazing That's a a biblical word, peculiar. (laughs) So we went down there. We went down there to see Jim Paul, and and he is peculiar, and he is awesome. He's one of the original 10 families that helped start the Toronto Church. Missed there for years. Still connected with them. when they had the whole revival breakout. So we went that Saturday for that session. And then we're going home that night, and we're not going back for the Sunday session because... We had to be somewhere for our Thanksgiving, early celebration. My wife did something she never does before. We got her bag with her Bible stuff and her phone. Never does that. Now, that was in Hayward. We live in Livermore. We didn't to go to South San Jose. What's in 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, we guess we're going back to that church because God has something for us. See, we could have been like, oh, babe, we have to go all the way back to Hayward and da, 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 da. Or we could say, ooh, what's God doing? Men, just right for the men, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got excited. That's really good. We, our spirits were expecting something, and he went above and beyond what we expected. So, what I want to do is just share ten minutes of that message with you guys. Because I think this is the peace that's coming that we need to hear and receive. Can you turn it up for me?
3: Baptism of fire.
0: I want you to go back back one. Now here we go.
3: Can I tell you, when we preach on the baptism of fire, I want you to get and I want you to get it because we need it. Not just because we need it. This world is desperate for it. That there will be people on the earth that will be on fire. And I'm talking about literal flames. Take your Bibles. Turn to Luke chapter 3 verse uh, 15. And it's about John the Baptist who was baptizing in the, in the Jordan River. People were there gathering to be Baptized. They thought John was Jesus. Can you imagine that? They were waiting for Jesus, and any old person would do, and he was as close as they could get, but he wasn't the Christ. Verse 15 says that. Then verse 16 says this. John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with the fire. Uh, Let me just explain this. It's a date of case in the Greek text, which means into the realm of, into the atmosphere of, into the sphere of. Uh, And and so the, the little article with is literally meaning into the realm or the atmosphere of. So what is it saying here? It says that the one coming Jesus will baptize you into the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, the water of. And he will also baptize you into the atmosphere of fire, the fire. And and so I've realized that the church is going to have a second baptism. It's going to be called the baptism of fire. And we are have no grid for what's about to happen. It started already. It's starting. It's starting in America. It's starting. It's been starting for a few months now. Fire's been coming down. It's starting, folks. And you can't. All I can plead with you is to prepare and drink it. Because it's already happened. We were warned this was about to happen. 1984, Mike Bickle was washing dishes for the breakfast in Kansas City. And he heard the audible voice of God saying, In a generation, I'm going to change the face of the church. And he said, Bob Jones will call you and tell you what this is all about. And sure enough, Bob Jones called within a few minutes. I love it, don't you? And Bob Jones says, Papa told me to call. And he said, you had a visitation this morning, didn't you? He said, yes, I did. And the Papa told me to explain that visitation. He says, please do it. He said, He said, Papa, told you about the move of God coming on you. Yes, he did. He says, in 10 years, Pentecost will return to the earth, and it'll start in 10 years. And the way that the Holy Spirit lifted from the church in Pentecost, the way it came will come back in reverse order. So in Pentecost, first came the wind, then the fire, then the wine. In 10 years, he's coming back in reverse order, stepping back to the church. He'll come with wine, then with fire, then with wind, and he said, "Mark my words; in ten years, it's going to break out." And so I was grateful to be present when the wine fell on the church night, January twentieth, nineteen ninety-four, in our church in Toronto, it spread all over the world can i tell you wine was poured out liberally and he also said bob jones is that when one pours out it will be a mantle of a foundation for the next so when the wine pours out it will not lift but there will be another coat of fire on top of it and on his bride the church on the third thing wind will come top of the fire and the wine, and and also the fire and the wine so it's not like i had the wine get over it you understand It's not like I had the wine, let's get over it. It's, I got the wine, now we want the fire on top. And so, we were told and warned that this was going to happen. There would be a season of wine on which fire would then be added. I'm telling you, it started. Everywhere we pray, fire is coming on people's bodies. It's unstoppable, it's uncontrollable, and it's like the wine that was poured out. The wine was poured out and you could pray for everyone and almost every other person got drunk in the spirit or just started leaving. You know? The fire takes a little longer to kindle on your body. Kindle means the, the burning embers. And sometimes it takes folks, you know, week, months. But I'm telling you, it. we have found out it, it does. You keep around the fire and you're going to start burning. Oh, oh, ho, oh, oh. And what does the Bible say? Let's learn it. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with the Father. I, about 12 months ago, I've been around the world, been 26 nations, and I see the nations on fire. When I come back to Canada, United States, and Europe, I don't see anything like I see. And it, trauma, it traumatizes my soul. And I said, Lord, I can't stand it. I see churches blazing, doubling in size in other places, in Korea and other places, and it's not happening here. And, 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 and I, I begin fussing at God. Do you know what fussing is? Is that a good word? You know, like, like complaining? Complaining well, in prayer. I says, Lord, why are we not seeing the harvest move that's in the, the other nations that has not come to the first world? And and, he, and and one day while I was complaining in prayer, I felt Jesus come into the room. The most powerful presence I had ever felt. It's not an angel. This one is the creator of angels. He walked into the room. My hair stood on its end. And I, his arm came around me and grabbed the world that was spinning in front of my face with his right hand. And he said, son, right what you're seeing now is the right hand move of my, my right hand move. I've grabbed the world with my right hand. And and his thumb touched Africa, or, or South America. His his finger touched uh, Africa. His, his other finger touched China and and the and, and the Far East and, and Indonesia. And and, and he grabbed the world with revival and first wave harvest. And he said, you see that? He said, I see it, Jesus. I see it. I said, what he said, this is the right hand move of God. This is the beginning harvest on the earth. And I said, Lord. Oh, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. And then from behind me, his other hand, I saw the left hand come down. And he whoa, whoa, whoa. And he said, he said, watch. And then he's hovering over top of the earth right now. And his fingers were over top of the nations of the first world. His finger was touching Europe and England. Another finger was touching Canada and the United States. Another finger, Australia. Another finger was touching the Muslim world. And he says, I'm about to do the left hand. So I'm called, the, and you're going to call this the left hand rule of God, because the left-handed judge is about the voice. And from his hand came oil and gold as we start to experience the beginnings of harvest in the first world. So that the stories you hear from, from there will be replicated in its own style here. No longer will you be telling stories of Africa and, and, and to Brazil and Argentina and Korea. You'll be having stories of your own where you'll say that the left-hand judge, Jesus, the judge of all the earth, has now put his left hand on the first hand. And I believe that left hand is full of fire. And I believe it's connected to the baptism of fire. And tell me that 2003 it hit him. It hit him in, our, in, in Ukraine and with a whole group of teenagers and his body, his his shoulders and his head and his shoulders are continually burning since that day. He says, I'm a first fruits of this wave. He said, I tell you, I've been telling the group of churches it's about to hit and you have not yet understood it but I'm telling you now but there's something about a baptism of fire that's coming on the bride. How else can we cleanse our clothes? 120 in the upper room is gonna come on the bride. And I'm telling you, I'm going it's not judgment. Oh, he's gonna burn you up when you I'm telling you, it is liquid the presence of this character coming on you. Coming on. You. Coming. Coming on. You. Toe. Toe. Oh, I'll tell you, I wake up and my hands are, I, I feel like the sun burnt. I, I feel presence all the time. I don't want to sin. It, it's, it's not that he's burning sin off my life. It, the presence is reminding me of the other one that I've committed myself to. And, and, and it's transferable. I can't explain it. Like the wine was transferable. This is transferable. If you get this right said when we pray for someone they would get drunk this time you pray for them they get drunk and they're on fire like they get a double whammy and and I I just discovered Daniel chapter 7 verse 10 and it says very interestingly we know Ezekiel chapter 47 says under the throne of God there comes a river of life and Revelation uh, talks about it 21 and 22 but Daniel chapter 7 verse 10 talks to us, uh, actually verse 9 says, and Daniel said, I see, and I looked, thrones were set in place, and the ancient of days looked, uh, took his throne, and his clothing was white as snow, his hair and head was white like wool, his throne was flames with fire, and the wheels were all ablaze, a river fire, fire was flowing, coming out from the I'm telling you, there is another river that's going to burst out. It'll be called the river of fire. It's going to come with a river of wine. There's a river of fire to break out. Out of this one. And you've got to learn how to drink from this river too. You've got to learn how to drink. How? Oh, oh, how? Oh. How? Who has noises
0: Luke 3.16, like he said, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize with water, but one mightier than his coming, whose sound I strap like I am not worthy to loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts 2.3, then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled down to each of them. I want to tell you a personal encounter I had in 2003, 2004, maybe two, I can't remember the exact year, but back there somewhere, my aunt and my friend and I went to a Todd Bentley meeting back, I think it was in Rockland at a tent meeting. Mahesh Chavda, is that his name, and Todd Bentley was there. We had like a three, three and a half hour break between sessions. And so we went and ate lunch. We came back to a beautiful park. We sat at the bench a beautiful summer day. And this man, Bob, walks up, kind of early 60s, mid 60s, tall guy. Uh, I see his face clearly. He began to talk to my aunt and uh, told her some things about her life for a few minutes, then talked to my friend Brian, told him a few things about his life, he said, but I came to see you, personally. <laughs> he spent the next 45 minutes, giving me exact details of my walk with God, moments, prayer times I had with people, exact encounters, things he saw that God told him I'd done with God. 45 minutes, this man, I was like, he said, the Lord wants to baptize you with fire now. And when you now minister, be the baptism of fire on you. And a flame came on my life at that moment. There's times I drive my car, my body just like, like, it's like a torch. And I was going through this encounter one day at work. I said, Lord, what was that all about? And he said, just like in the book of Acts, when the fire came on them and it's come on you the same way, you've been baptized with fire now, it would never leave you. Now, Bob was not an angel because I saw him again at a Bethel conference at the convention with Larry Randolph. And he had a sister and his sister's best friend. He was a real man. And he took my picture and said, I'm supposed to intercede for you for a season. And then I saw him again at shallow Church in Oakland. At, at its, uh, I think it was uh, the other one that passed away. Jill Austin was there, I think it was. So this man was a real man. But God gave me divine information to bring an impartation into my life. I feel the fire right this second on me. My hands been sweating most of the night. And I want to wrap this thing up with an impartation of fire. Not from me, but from the Spirit of God himself. I believe some of you are going to feel fire in you right now. I believe the fire is about to hit this train. It's going to burn up some things. It's going to burn up some past pains. It's going to burn up some financial worries. It's going to burn up some illnesses. It's going to launch you to something you never walked in before. It's not nobody laying hands on you. It's the Holy Spirit coming down and touching you right where you're at. There's two ways you can do this. You can stand where you are if you want this. Or you can come here in the porch and altar, between the porch and the altar, and stand here with me as I play this video that the Holy Spirit move on is in this. I totally want to believe this is God. Now it's coming through my filters and my life experiences, okay? So I'm trying to represent it the best way I can. Because I'm not God, but I'm of God. I'm 100% man. I'm percent filled with him. So I really feel he called me to release this tonight. And I don't know what it's going to look like for your life or not. But expect something different. Something great. Something life changing. And share with others what happens over the next several weeks. Record it. Write it down. Remember this moment. Not because I'm preaching. Trust me. It ain't me. but something in the spirit on this that would do a way better job than me. So however you wanna do it, if you wanna stand where you're at or come up here, it's fine, and I'll wrap it up after. Krista, how you doing? That's Krista, everybody, say hi. She's awesome. She rocks. Her brother rocks, too. Amen, you guys ready. Hello, Shabbat. So let's pray. <laughs> Papa, here we are. We stand in your word and your truth that you're going to bring down the fire of God in this place, in our spirits and lives, and we accept it and receive it. So whatever it looks like in our lives, you make it look like. Though we come with our expectations, take us beyond our expectations as we enter this worship song about the fire of baptism. If you crank it up for me, Jim, that'd be great oh come to me fire
1: your heart's desire living flame of love come baptize us come baptize us
0: That one more time. Let us fall more in love with you. Let
2: us fall more in love with you. Let 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 us, fall more in love with you. Let us Fall more in love with you. Let us, 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 fall more, in love with you. Let us fall more In love with you, let us fall more.
0: Try to land this thing somewhere. <laughs> yes, I'm, I seem angry. I am, because we are children of the King, yes. born to rule and reign on this side of the heaven yes. in the age to come. Yes. And the enemy has kept so many people from that truth. Yes. And I'm done. Yes. I'm done with it. Amen. It's time we step up. It's time we stop tearing down and build up. Yes. It's time to complain about the situation, do something about the situation. Yes. Listen, you don't have to be perfect to see what's going on in the world. Oh. It's deteriorating. Yes. The money crisis, world of the world, that stuff is happening, you have to be prophesied, that it's happening and it's gonna get worse. But the fire of God is coming, come on. I wanna focus on the fire of God and what he's doing. I wanna be the answer to that situation. I want to bring in the heaven in the dark places. Oh, yeah. Let him burn up the stuff that we don't need no more.
2: Yes. Come on. Yes. Let him
0: break that yoke of oppression off your life. Yes. Yes. Oh, you. Let him heal oh, those daddy yes. and mommy wounds that need to be healed up. Yes. And let's be about letting God be the God of our lives. Yes. Yes. We have too many pre-brothers and sisters out there yes. who don't know the goodness yeah. of what they're created in. But well, we have an opportunity to bring heaven on earth. Yes. Yes. So, yes, I'm angry because this is our inheritance right here in yes. front of us. And too many have been held back, but no more. no more.
2: No more. No
0: more. I'm not angry with the body of Christ. I'm angry with Satan and his minions. yes,
2: yes.
1: yes.
0: But God is bringing truth and meat to the party. And those who will position themselves, body, mind, soul, and spirit, to let Him come in and make their arrangements, you're going to be walking some crazy, awesome stuff. You'll still have trials. You'll still have tribulations. Yes. But you will see heaven invade earth through your life. Amen. And you'll be the answer where there was no answer. Hallelujah. You'll be the one that cast out cancer. You'll be the one that raised the dead. You'll be the one with creative businesses to help the economy of a country, or a city, or a family. But it starts now. We to think different. We to speak different. We have God's love and fire. So thank you for letting me share whatever I'm trying to share. But I bless you. Process this. Let God radically change your life and come back and tell what he's done. Not for my sake. For others to hear. To give them hope of how you've been transformed and changed. Revival is here and increasing. And the fire is falling. And the harvesters are coming in. That's the first wave. The harvesters are coming in for the big harvest. He's putting the fire on the harvesters. To move the signs and wonders and miracles and Love. His love. So I bless you. you Jim, we put a little music on just so they can whatever they want to do. Pray for each other, props for each other, build up each other. No tearing down no more. I don't care what race you are, I don't care what domination you belong to, I don't care how much money you got in your bank or don't have for your bank. You are loved with an everlasting love. And that's it and final in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen.